Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 752. You know, follow your dream, follow your goals, follow your passion. I'm sure a lot of people say that, but it's true. It really is true. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jim Daly. Hey, Jim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Definitely. All right, we're ready to go. Jim Daly is the founder at Extreme Vehicle Builders, located in Danbury, Connecticut, where he started the company in 1991. He pioneered the vehicle customization market in the tri-state area by satisfying customers and turning their muscle cars, Jeeps, SUVs, and off-road vehicles into high-performance machines. He and his talented team build dream rides and provide a full line of trial-tested performance in off-road products from minor modifications to full builds. They work with local dealerships and offer customers turnkey vehicles that are ready to go. So, Jim, I've told our listeners just a little, little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share maybe a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Oh, thank you very much. You know, you pretty much not summed it up, but yeah, we've been doing this since 1991. You know, it started as, you know, by myself in a small shop located in Westchester County. It's right outside New York City. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to uh, have some great customers over the years. And, and basically over the years, we evolved the business into uh, building extreme off-road vehicles for, uh, you know, for lack of better words, I guess you could say. Sure. Hence the name Extreme Vehicle Builders. <laughs> we do stuff for the dealerships, and uh, we pride ourselves doing uh, one-off, one-of-kind creations for, for our clients. Very cool. Very cool. I've seen some of your builds, and you come highly recommended by a past guest here on Cars, yeah, Richard Schickman. So I know the kind of stuff you build is top quality, very nice, and uh, really, really cool how you've built your business up. And we're going to learn a lot more about that as we continue on your off off-road journey here on Cars, yeah. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Jim, take the wheel. You know, failure is not an option for me. <laughs> Throughout the years, you know, you're challenged with uh, many uh, aspects of the business. And uh, I just, you know, for some reason, I'm lucky enough to able to forge through these situations. And uh it's fun, it's rewarding, but yet challenging at the same time. Right. And uh, I always tell, you know, friends that start their own business, and I actually have helped many friends, you know, inspire them to start their own business. Uh, my friend Richard started building those cars and have to keep on pushing them and pushing them, I think, and uh, and other friends as well throughout the years. And, uh, and they, uh, you know, they look up to me, and I, I look up back to them as well because I, I feel they're my, uh, you know, I guess uh, the, the fruit of my vines, I guess one could say, you know, <laughs> encouragement. Exactly. Well, failure is not an option. Definitely the way you've got to go into running a business anytime because so many businesses fail. And I think for lack of all sorts of reasons, uh, experience, capital, time, you name it. But having that attitude of persistence and tenacity is absolutely imperative. So it's obviously worked really well for you. And we're going to talk about getting into times of challenging times and times of failure and things you have to get over. But in a minute, we'll talk about that. But first, I'd like for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you look back when you realize that you were indeed a car guy? You know, there's there's no exact time where I kind of like hit my head, you would say. It's like, 
I'm the car guy, but it started at a very young age. I mean, I, you know, you can probably ask my parents and my neighbors. Like, I used to mess with everything. I mean, from the old dishwasher and washing machine and, you know, from the lawnmower to mini bikes and go-karts. So, uh, it's, um, not, not until I really got into the, I guess my seniors of high school or junior seniors of high school where kind of everybody just came to me. It was kind of like, Okay, this is what I do, and everybody likes me. And it went down the like into the, into the I think the yearbook under I, I'm go just spent so many years looked at yearbook like <laughs> JD's like 24 hour garage or something to that effect, and it it just seemed to snowball for lack of better words in a in a great way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think for a lot of us car guys, I always say this is kind of in our DNA because motor oil kind of flows through our veins. It started way, way back, maybe when we were in the womb. I don't know, but I hear that from yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I have to agree. I have to agree with that one, to be honest with you. It's just, uh, it, like, it, it's like, it just, I, get, I don't know, like I said, I never, I just don't wake up like, dang, I just what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You're the kid down the street that like to take things apart and put them yeah, back together. Yeah, I was together. like that, you know? I, you know, I, just, I was just that guy. That's all I can tell you. Absolutely. Well, we talked a little bit about that mantra, never give up. So this next question has to do with meeting big failures or big challenges along the way. If you're in business for yourself, it's guaranteed you're going to come up against these things. So bring us to one of those times where it was really painful, really tough time. Tell us what it was all about. Walk us through it. And then tell us how you overcame that situation and what it taught you so you could move forward. Well, you know, I could probably tell you, I don't have that many stories, but <laughs> the ones I have are, are probably pretty trying. And, uh, and they were not something I did personally, but I was, I guess, the, uh, the guy caught holding the bag, one could say. We had, a you know, one issue. We had, um, my landlord had some problems with the, the, the local town. We moved to a brand new building. It was very exciting. It was my biggest building to date. It was about 6,000 square feet. And, and to, to sum it up, not to bore all the details, it went to two years with the court cases, for, for lack of better words. Oh, my. Yeah, it, just, it, this, it was zoning issues. And, and, the, and the town I was in at the time, they were just running us ragged. Let me tell you, I learned a lot about stuff. And let me tell you, <laughs> not, for being, not, not being any kind of, a, you, know, you, know, a, you know, college education, education in, in legal stuff. I became a lawyer really quick, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and when everybody turned against you, I mean, I had everybody against me. I had my lawyer was on my side. However, I had the town attorneys. I had the DAs. I had the judges. I mean, you name it, the landlords. And I just stuck to my guns. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, kind of uh, like, again, never quit, forced through it, did my homework, learned how the law worked. And, uh, and, and the end result, I prevailed. I won my case. I was allowed to stay in the building. Yeah. So if I understand this right. There were zoning issues. Apparently, you signed a lease with a landowner or building owner. You moved yeah, in, and then, and then all of a sudden, the government walks up and says, uh, "You're not supposed to be doing this here, buddy." So you got to shut down. And is that kind of what happened in a nutshell? Yeah, yeah. I would assume here you kind of walked us through this. The takeaway here is do your homework, learn what the law is, and find out if you indeed can stick to your guns and stay in there. So I would assume you learned a lot of lessons during this process. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what a frustrating thing to go through. I, it seems like for so many business people, and don't get me started down this path, the government just seems to get in our way all the time. Yeah, you know, it's not, I guess you could say the government, and not trying to be political, it's just some of the policies are just not the best practices for yes. a lot of people sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, and the rules and regulations are required. However, 
this particular one was just a bunch of bad blood and yeah. and the, the, the town has had a different vision than what people want to do in that town. Yeah, exactly. I understand. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I appreciate you walking us through that. And obviously you came out stronger in the end. You prevailed, which is the most important thing. But now you know if you run into that situation again, what to look out for in the future. So really strong lessons learned there. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's maybe it's a time when you realize, ah, this is the path I should be heading down with my company. And tell us how that aha moment worked out for you. My aha moment was in 1997, I was in a small retail location in my hometown where I grew up from. And uh, I saw this opportunity of this new location opened up. And this location, by, by I've been in this town for a long time, the town I was in it for a long time, was a tough location per se, but it was yet still a very good location. Mm-hmm. And most businesses failed there. I was, in fact, when I finally, my lease expired, I was the longest tenant they ever had in that location. Wow. It was just, it was just a really, really interesting spot. Mm-hmm. And, and I had an opportunity to rent that facility for only $500 more a month than I was paying originally. And it was, it was over 3,000 square feet when I was only 800 square feet. It was a big step for me. Yeah. And I said, like, this is what I'm going to do. I just went out there and, and did a heavy marketing campaign and I became the it place to be. <laughs> we cool. had over, over 1,500 customers a month into the facility. Wow. It was 12 people on the counter. It was great. Well, what's the takeaway from that experience that you could share with others that might be facing a similar situation? Cause in the case of real estate, it's only three things, right? Location, location, location. But it sounds like yeah, much, yeah. it sounds like you didn't have any of those three things, but you had to make it into your own success. So, yeah. what's your takeaway yeah. from that? Um, you know, I always try. You know, I would personalize it and, and and offer things that that you can't get someplace else, or or be competitive. Like uh, you know, like uh, you know, the, one of the challenges today is the internet. You know, oh, I could buy an internet for you know a dollar less or fifty dollars less. And that's true, but we offer a service and this and that. And, and also we're competitive. I compete against some of the biggest vendors out there and you have to, I guess it's harder for me to describe it, but I always took a practice like sell good quality stuff, sell it competitively, sell, sell it fairly. And even if it's not the exact same price, people will buy from you because they believe in you and they like coming to you. And mm-hmm. I have customers now for over 15, 20 years still coming back to us. It's, right. it's awesome. And the great thing today is, of course, social media. They will spread the word for you and be oh, ambassadors yeah. of yeah. your brand. But, uh, yeah, the market has definitely changed in the last 15 years you well, know, with the I likes of Yeah, the likes of Amazon and all these companies coming on and people trying to sell things for very slim margins. And yeah, so you've got to be something unique and different. That's for sure. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? I would assume you've had many. You've been in business for a long time, but is there one that stands out for you? Uh, Quite a few. I've been featured in major magazines. I've been featured on your show. I think that's great, you know? There you go. Uh, now you're you know, a star. I, I, I'm telling you, your, your guest list is incredible. Well, thank you. I'm just fortunate to get these opportunities, and that's what I'm proud of. People want to talk to me. People want to see me. You know, they, they like us, you know, and, that's, and that makes it a lot really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a long-built reputation that you have there that uh, allows you to experience those kinds of things. So kudos to you and the team you've built around you. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. You talked about taking apart dishwashers and maybe lawnmowers and stuff. What was your first really special car? Maybe you could share a memory with that vehicle. Ah, my first car 
I think it was again with my friend Richard again. I keep, I, you know, I keep on bringing him up, but we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. It was, I believe it was a 19, yeah, it was a 1970 Volkswagen bug. And I survived by this car all the time. It was in the bottom of this guy's driveway, only probably about a mile and a half, two miles from my house. Short story. I somehow finagled it and got it from the guy from free. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it did not run or drive. I pushed this thing home with a few friends a mile and a half easily. And it was <laughs> literally uphill, I think, both ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents have to say when they saw this thing getting pushed up the driveway? <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 they were okay with it, I think. You know, the, it, this, you know uh, so at the end of the day, they were fine with it, I think. It never made the road. It was a car that never got on the road. Uh-huh. And uh, I ended up getting another car, then into another Volkswagen and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. But uh, it was my first car. It was probably one of my biggest uh, achievements at, at a young age. I was, I think I was like 15 and a half years old and I had a car, you know, yeah. like it was huge. It was huge. It was oh, huge. yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. My, my son, when he was about 12, somebody gave him a 73 VW Beetle. And yeah. so uh, we kind of we had a little warehouse and we kind of put it in there and he'd come down the weekends when I was working and work on that thing and kind of got it running, learned how to drive it in the parking lot, going back and forth, back and forth. And, yeah. uh, you know, eventually he ended up selling it and using that money to buy another car that he fixed up and then another car. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun when people give kids that kind of a uh, opportunity for sure. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Well, how about a car that you've owned to let go? Is there a seller's remorse story that you want to share with us a little tear in the eye? No, that's what, no? what makes me a rotten person. <laughs> you know what? I like the journey. I like, I like, you know, like, like I said, I don't know what happened to that Volkswagen, but the journey, I remember the journey like it was yesterday. I can tell you a handful of cars I own, the journeys that I achieved and oh, got. Okay. okay. And, but I don't know where they end. <laughs> you know, like, You're always looking ahead out the, the windshield instead of the rear view mirror. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and like, you know, and, and kind of like touching on a subject and I don't want to be insensitive. Like I got friends that sold cars. Oh man. And, and they spent a lifetime looking for their car again. It's like, why did you sell it? I don't know why. I don't know why. And I understand the, the, you know, the, and that's what draws me to the, to the cars. I think also is the the stories behind the cars or the proud moments. I mean, I, I mean, that's what I like most about my company. Yeah, I get to meet a lot of great people, and that's and and the stories behind the cars and the journeys are just great sometimes. Right. Well, and you get to build dreams for people too, and that's yeah, really definitely special. Very cool. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share a bit more with our listeners. This is kind of your chance to talk about your company. Let us know some of the cool stuff you're building right now and let our listeners know out there, what is it you guys do day in and day out that's so much fun at Extreme Vehicle Builders? Our team at Extreme Vehicle Builders, the name kind of says it all. We build extreme vehicles. Most people have a different perception of what extreme vehicle is. So day in, day out, our biggest part of our company would say is, suspension modifications, mm-hmm. wheels and tires and suspension modifications. Because without big tires and big wheels, the vehicle's not that extreme looking. So right. most of the people just want something big and cool to drive around town. And that's what we offer. We do high quality builds for the dealerships. We back them with a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on most of the builds. Mm-hmm. And it gives the customer a safe guarantee, I guess, or a field guarantee that, uh, that their vehicle is warranted. Uh, for the you know the next three three years of their ownership through all the all the parts and labor, so it's kind of cool. So we have a bunch of dealerships doing that for us, and we just you know like restoring stuff. We're a really big restoration shop. We have I gotta count four or five full restorations going on right now, and all sorts and shapes and sizes. And one particular vehicle, which is kind of rare, we have in the shop is a uh, 
a Toyota FJ43, which is a really, really neat vehicle. And it came in for a heavy-duty mechanical restoration on it. The body was pretty good, but we're doing some paint work on it. To a uh, 1996 Ford Bronco, which was a was a huge restoration project doing. It ended up being like a Resto mod setup. So it was a good condition vehicle. So not all restoration means fix rust, fix rust. Some of the restoration we work to are mechanical and electrical restorations. So mm-hmm. to make some updated and keep them reliable. Very cool, very cool. And you notice too, you also do some work on muscle cars. So it's not just all off-road stuff. Are you doing some? Yeah, you know, we have occasional Mustang in there. We have occasional, like, you know, I just actually, I just drove it home today. It was one of my good friends and customers, uh, 79 Malibu. It's a real cool car. Nice. It's all been, it's all been updated and lowered out and everything. And, and I did some service, service work on it today. And, you know, it was maybe not quote the Dean muscle car. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a real cool driver, yeah. but then some old 69 Camaros and 68 Camaros, a couple old Corvettes, you know, over the years, I put, you know, big blocks them and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, it definitely the muscle cars are, are really awesome. Ah, some very cool things that you guys are doing there. Now here's a very introspective question for you, Jim. If you were a car, what kind of car would Jim be and why? You know, I wouldn't be a, I would be like a machine more than a car. Almost like a Terminator thing, probably, I guess. <laughs> you know, something that doesn't require any braking or any servicing or anything like that. I maintain enough vehicles in my personal collection, <laughs> I guess you could say. So I just like the, I just like the mechanics stuff. I'm really just drawn to like the gears and how things work uh-huh. and how things are machined together. I just really like that stuff. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of my thing, you know? Jim is a Terminator machine. <laughs> now that's a unique answer. I don't think I've heard that one yet. So <laughs> probably not. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Jim, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN 
Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Jim, we are back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready to go? Yes. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? You know... I get, I get a lot of advice from a lot of people. I'm not really sure. It sounds horrible. I'm normally giving advice, I think, most of the time, to be honest with you. you <laughs> well, know? if you think back, you know, maybe your father gave you some wise advice about buying and selling cars or – No, he says don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> don't do it. No, no. My dad, is, my dad was self-employed. My dad, he's still alive. God bless him. He's 84 years old. Oh, and, yeah. and he's still working. He's still running around. He, he's doing awesome. And, yeah. And he was, he was self-employed, and he still doesn't get my business after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do it would be your advice. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. Well, my father's still with us, too. He's 84 as well, very active guy. So it's great when, when people are, are still doing stuff. you got to have a reason to wake up in the morning, that's for sure. This idea yeah. of uh, of retirement is a falsehood, I think. is a death nail <laughs> if you don't have something to get up and do every day. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success? Yeah, I just constantly re- reinvent myself. What I did today, I don't, that might not do tomorrow. And what I did 10 years ago, I definitely might not do today. Yeah. It's just, you know, the business is constantly changing the trends, the people, what they want and what they want to do. Uh, you know, this is a, a really key point on being successful. And I always use the music industry as analogy. The musicians in the, the world that have been truly successful reinvent themselves over three or four years. And some great examples, of course, would be like Madonna or Michael Jackson. He physically reinvented himself. <laughs> you know, he was kind of extreme, of course. But nobody, even if you don't like their music, you can't deny that they were not successful. The Beatles uh, did it. The, yeah. uh, the Beach Boys even did it. So yeah, yeah reinventing yourself. A very wise man. Again, going back to our renovations and our, we're, we're, we're rebranding the showroom again. You know, we're making updating, you know? Yeah, absolutely imperative. Now about a resource. There's a lot of great resources these days, but uh, is there one that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, we're uh, we're on all social media sites. We're on uh, Facebook at Extreme Vehicle Builders Danbury. And also we recently just started an Instagram account at uh, Instagram. Um, dot uh, com slash extreme vehicle builders okay so those are some great places for people to find you guys as a resource now if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry living or deceased who would it be oh there you know i there's so many there's so many great people out there i mean i i love i love the uh you know the reality show so like you know the gas monkey garage guys they seem like a pretty fun bunch over there and <laughs> and you know Right down there, you know, Carol Chevy is talking about a legend, you know, like, you know, uh, so, you know, it's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great people, you know, from Chip Foose to boycotting. I mean, it's just so, I mean, those are just, you know, the, you know, the, the, the big ones to name. I mean, and it goes on and on and on. You sound like you'd have a pretty good uh, party there going on between Chip Foose and Boyd Coddington and Carol Shelby and Richard. And yeah, that would be quite a group of guys to sit down and have a drink with. Wouldn't that, would be, uh, that would be very interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A bunch of cast of characters for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? Yes, actually, I got one turned on today. Actually, someone told me about today, but going back, the book I read, I liked a lot. Is Start with Why. 
Ah, yes. It's a great book, and it basically just goes through all the successful, you know, uh, business owners and their triumphs and failures, and how they picked up the pieces again and kept on going. So that's what pretty much inspired inspires me. Yeah, absolutely. Start with why. Is that Simon Sinek? <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> Okay. Well, I I wish I was a genius. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But uh, no, I'm familiar with that book. And I, I think that that is one of the most important concepts around doing anything is understanding the why of why right. you're doing anything. I mean, it could come down to starting a business, to using drugs or alcohol, or why are you doing this? And yeah. it's a hard thing to figure out sometimes is the why no. in our lives. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll remind our listeners also that, uh, you know, Simon Sinek, there's a great TED talk with him where he talks about that and he condenses his whole book down into one little 15 minute segment, if you will. Read the book though. It's a lot better. It gets into more yeah. detail, but, uh, awesome, awesome book recommendation. Well, listeners, you will find links to all these great resources that Jim has shared on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Jim Daily. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why, and books recommended by the past 730, well, actually 751 guests before Jim's show here are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. I've made it really easy for you. Great resource. All right, Jim, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool car in the world today. doesn't matter. It's got to be a collector car. It's got to be something you're going to drive, you're going to enjoy. Can't sell it to buy a bunch of more cool stuff. you got to keep it. But <laughs> money is no object. So what would that vehicle be? You know, the joys of having a custom car shop, you get to drive a lot of these vehicles. Right. And the nice thing about it, you know, they're kind of like you get to live through the build sometimes. So they're uh -huh. like your own. But, man, I've driven some cool cars. You know what? You know, my friend had one. I had honors to drive it. An LM002. Uh, now, what is that again? An LM? A Lamborghini. Oh. A Lamborghini LM002. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, you're going to cost me a couple pennies, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they trade. I don't think they trade now, but he sold his last one for like a hundred. He had two of them, by the way. He sold them for like a hundred and forty, hundred fifty thousand. They're just a really hand strewn, strewn, you know, like really one off type of build with parts from all sorts of, from GM cars to, Custom build stuff they do in house to the to the you know to the you know the big Lamborghini motors they put in them and and just my first impression was first time was the one it was probably about fifteen years ago and we just there's a road by us called the Solmover Parkway and let me tell you it was he just doing a 120 130 miles an hour in that thing and it, was like, <laughs> it was like you're like in a Sherman tank probably but yet you're driving like a race car, you know, yeah. it just seemed like indestructible. You know, I, I could just imagine this thing just going through the tundra and just like smashing everything. It's like, again, that's what I kind of like. I kind of like that rough and tough, but yet, you know, smooth and, and you know, thoroughbred style. Well, the LM002, of course, was an off-road vehicle that Lamborghini built back in, uh, I think it was between 1985, 86 and the early 90s. And yeah, probably around there. Yeah, it's an interesting car because it was powered by a 5.1 liter 
engine, a V12 engine, yes. which was insane. I think it was actually even a marine engine, if I'm my memory serves me right. But a huge vehicle, pretty heavy car, 6,000 pounds, I think, something like that. Yeah. But just kind of crazy and wild. And my understanding, and maybe there's a listener out there that can correct me if I'm wrong, is originally Lamborghini was going to build that for a – uh, country's army in the Middle East. I think you're correct on that. I would, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, they canceled the order, and Lamborghini goes, "What are we going to do with all these things?" <laughs> yeah, thanks for the bill, guys. Yeah, yeah. so they just put some fancy, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they put some fancy leather inside, and they started selling them to wealthy Americans who uh, thought they were pretty cool. But yeah, I've, I've had the luxury of being around one of those. They're kind of crazy, wild cars, and yeah, they're not even good looking either. <laughs> they're well, kind they're of kind of funky. You know that that yeah. era for Lamborghini was a little bit. Oh. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but. It's a little funky sometimes. So, yeah. but you know, I read that they were they're coming out with an SUV again, Lamborghini now. So they're going to yes. be making a new one. So you know, just like that's Bent, awesome. Bentley and everybody else. But at any rate, well, pretty cool car. You're the first guy on cars yet of 750 plus people that want one of those. So <laughs> and probably only the last one. Too. You're, you're a unique guy, Jim. That's very very Thank cool. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Jim, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the listeners. Is there a parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer the uh, young person out there who's listening before you rip off down that dirt road in your Lamborghini LM002? <laughs> you know, follow your dream. Follow your goals. Follow your passion. I'm sure a lot of people say that, but it's true. It really is true. Just remember, failure is never an option. Never an option. Never an option. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your business? Uh, social media uh, is probably the best. You know, I call my social media sites my my live business card. I post up on a pretty regular basis. Okay. I just don't put anything that's you know ordinary on here as well. I try and show what we're really doing in the shop. Like anybody can take a beauty shot of a vehicle you know parked in a grassy field, which we have done. I like showing what we do: the welding, the grinding, the messy boxes, whatever we got in the place. So uh, you, you know, again, following us. Uh, the social media sites will be, be the best way to peer into our, the life of uh, Extreme Vehicle Builders. And you got a website too, right? Yes, evb.cc. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Jim has shared here at the Cars Yow website. Just type Jim Daily into the search bar and his page will pop up with all these links. And I encourage you to check out what these guys are up to, the builds are doing. They're going to be really fun to follow them, follow them on social media. Just like you follow me here on Cars Yeah. Jim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, You'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to MetronGarage.com. That's MetronGarage.com.
GarageBandMusic.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!